thing that uh, comes to mind is as a, a people who are being dealt with, God's doing things to you and in you, in me, and to me. And um, because that's true, uh, we see the, well, hey, we're glad you made it back, Luke. If you hadn't, we would have blamed you because we all prayed for you for quite a while. Did you have a good visit with your family there? Good. Um, the, in the middle of the dealings, it's always, and I was, a couple of things came to mind. Be uh, gentle uh, with yourselves uh, because God is not going to. Uh, uh, toss you because you're a mess because he he's he sees himself as a part of that's his whole plan to get a family and and in the middle of it we're we can be very judgmental uh, we are and that's why it's uh, it's a death knell to be to judge uh, because you're gonna be judged if you do and you can't not judge uh, unless you ask God and humble yourself. And if you won't, he, 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 he's good to bring us to the place where we, we say, all right, I, I get it. And how many times in your lifetime do you say something like that? But one of the most important things is today, if you hear his voice, the now. I can't do anything about the jerk I was this afternoon, if I was. I'm not saying I was, but no, I wasn't. I was, <laughs> uh, but I have been, and I can't do anything about tomorrow, and neither can you. You are in a, a very uh, clearly line of demarcation that God Himself made because you belong to Him. You know, I, I looked at all those babies lined up that I told you about, and uh, there, there were a lot of newborns and those that had to be a few months old, and they're just a whole line. But you also saw mothers, and they knew where their where little little children uh, were, and God knows where you are. You don't have the right to demean or degrade yourself. And you don't have a right to say you're not worth it unless you're saying amen to, to the devil because he's never going to give you a good report. Never. And uh, when he gives you a good report, it's because you've been kind of giving yourself one and you'll just overload there and uh, fall because of pride. So anyway, tonight you can do it. You can make a commitment. Uh, in this hour. Is that our guest over there? Honey? No. Oh, come in, honey, please. This will be your home as long as we're together. Come on in. Oh, I didn't say for you to come. No, this, no I've changed my mind. I, I lied. I, the Canadians we love, they're wonderful. Is Eugene there? All right. Come on in. Thank you.
Anyway, if, uh, if you'll take care of the today, the now, then, then you've done all you can do. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, this is all your idea. It wasn't ours. We didn't uh, choose you. You chose us, and we responded, and God help us to, to keep moving, to keep getting traction regardless, regardless of how slipperous, slippery the circumstances are. And we, we would ask you to give us a, a greater cognizance, a greater heart understanding of the now and what we're to be in it. For Jesus' sake, we pray. Amen. Let's gather.
Hello, hello. Oh, wow. Hi. Such a pleasure to be here. I, uh, my name is Eugene Chenkov. I'm from Ukraine, and I adore you guys. I adore this idea, the community. Um, you know, before I came to Alaska two years ago, I didn't even know such a thing as communities were even a thing. It was like a, somewhere in your childhood you heard of such a thing, but never actually thought it was in real life. It's amazing, it's beautiful. It's, when I actually first time showed up, when I first heard about it, oh, my heart longed to come out and visit you guys. When I got the opportunity about a year ago, I was just overexcited. I was just like, man, I gotta meet these people. This is so cool. So it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Bill asked me to share a couple thoughts. I would um, I'd be honored to. And um, um, I'm, I'm from a family of seven children from Ukraine. My mom was born and raised in Kiev, and uh, my father was born and raised in Odessa. I was raised outside of Odessa, and, um, and I was almost 10 years old. Uh, the doors were open for us to come here to America because of religious persecution. So, um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, no, I just want, yeah. Okay. I, I do move around a little bit. Go punch him. All right, with love. Um, I, uh, I was born and raised in a Christian home, um, seven brothers and sisters of us, and um, we were raised in a very conservative home, a very traditional, um, you know, where I actually see this happening here, where, you know, we all had to dress properly to church, and girls always wear skirts, and very traditional, classic uh, home, which I really like. And um, came to America, was a little bit of a culture shock here. Um, uh, let's just say that we, uh, I was 10 years old, and we were doing algebra. We came here, and we were learning addition. It was that kind of a level of shock a little bit. So, um, but I, I love this country. It's my country. I, uh, I am a citizen. I'm a proud American. I bear my arms, and I go, yeehaw. Um, I grew up in Atlanta 10 years, then, um, then I moved to Florida for the last 20 years I'm in Florida, and two years ago, the Lord called me up here, and I don't think it's necessary to talk about it right now, all the details of that, but um, I know a lot of you guys might be interested in, on the perspective from what's going on in the world right now, and, um, and as far as it goes from the Ukrainian perspective, people who are from there, and... Um, uh, we still have a lot of relatives, a lot of family there. I have a lot of connections that are live there now. Um, my wife's brother-in-law actually is in the process of adopting three teenagers from Ukraine, and um, they lost contact. They're actually supposed to be on a plane, and um, they lost contact. So his wife flew out, and now they lost contact with her as well. So this is a pretty severe situation going on. Um, but... Um, when we talk about why and what is going on and the reasons for it, I wanted to read a few scriptures and then go a little bit more in details about my perspective on a couple of things. There's a couple of thoughts. Um, as I was praying uh, a few days back, and um, Lord, why? Why is this going on? Why is it like this? And um, where are you? There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of family. There's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of brothers and sisters who love, adore the Lord who walk in faithfully before the Lord, who bow before Him, worship His name, they're there now. And um, I was reading, I was reading, and let me go to Habakkuk. And uh, chapter 1, he cries out, the prophet cries out to the Lord, and says, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and how, and you will not hear me? 
Even cry out violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me no iniquity and cause me to, be, to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There's strife and contention that arises. There's the law, and it's powerless. Justice never goes forth, and the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. And then the Lord answers, says, Look among the nation and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though, I were, though it were told you. For indeed I am raising up Chaldeans. Chaldeans, that word, keep that in your head. Um, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their, and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and more fiercer than evening wolves. Their charges, chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar, and they fly as eagles that hasten to eat. They, come, they all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings, and princes are scorned by them. They derive every stronghold, and they heap up earthen mounds and seize it. Then his mind changes, and he transgresses. He commits offense, ascribing this power to his God. You know, and then in a few verses down, Habakkuk says in chapter 2, he puts his position, he says, I will stand watch, and I will set myself on the rampart, and I will watch to see what he will say to me. And there's an interesting thought. It says, and what I will answer when I am corrected. It's not saying if I'm corrected, because I am going to be corrected. What will I answer? And then um, we, if you guys are in the Word, you know what the Lord is saying to him. And this passage to me is very active in understanding of the whys in the world, especially when people say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Because all of Scripture is for edification. And the heart of God, God never changed. God shows us his nature and... The Old Covenant especially is for us to learn God's nature towards His people. God set His people, and He said, okay, this is how it's going to go down. You're my people, but if I care for you, this is what I want from you. And so this is the nature of God to anyone who comes into covenant with Him. We are all in covenant with the Lord. When you're born again, you say, Lord, you got me, I got you. And so we brand ourselves with Christ. We brand ourselves, we're ambassadors of Christ, and when we position ourselves like that, now we fall into, um, I want to say, a judgment that we are the face of Christ. So if I were part of this community and I would get uh, arrested for doing something stupid out there, they would say, okay, Eugene from the Whitestone community did this, it'll be on the paper, right? So I would make this community look bad. Just the same, when we come into the covenant with Christ, and then we blaspheme his name, or we make his name look bad. So he has a different approach to that people versus people who do not claim to be part of his family. And so the reason I'm reading that and saying these words is because I come from a country where when I was was already growing up, the communists having kind of infiltrated the, um, the mind of the people. And so most people, citizens of the country, they were already brainwashed through with communism and positioned themselves from an atheist place. And they started being brainwashed to a certain point that they hated Christians. But originally, before that happened, Ukraine in whole, as far as majority, was an orthodox country. 
in general, all the older folks and their, and their parents, they were Orthodox people. They loved God. Sure, there's a lot of wrong teaching in Orthodox Church. Uh, it, there's, you can go on and on all day about it. But beside the incorrect certain heresies and details of the doctrine, the people said, that's my God, and I serve this God. And so they positioned themselves in the walking of righteousness. In details, they made a lot of mistakes because they were blinded to the Word because the Word wasn't given to them. The church said, we'll tell you what's in here. You're too dirty to understand. We'll translate this. You can't have a Bible. And so the people, in a way, were brainwashed, but their hearts were positioned to God. So God took a covenant with, with the nation, with Ukraine. Let's just say with the region. I'm not going to put a mark what was Ukraine, what's not Ukraine. But the point is, the people in Ukraine, they had a position towards God that we are in covenant. We're your people, you know. And then when the communist regime started coming in and doing all the, what, they, what they did, I was sharing with Bill that I come from a family of preachers and pastors, and um, two of my great-grandfathers were killed by Stalin, and a bunch of my other relatives were imprisoned and um, taken into camps and never heard of again from again. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm in this, you know, in this life that a uh, descendant of this kind of a thing that's been happening. The point being that... The people came in, and they stole from the people everything, pretty much. Okay, so how it happens is that people were positioned towards God. They had beautiful churches. They gave to the churches. They gave to the Lord. And then the brainwash came in, and they, they robbed the churches. They robbed the people, and they brainwashed the people. So the people turned onto the Christians. And so in this season... God opened up doors, you know, I don't want to go into a lot of details, but, you know, my, my aunts, they were thrown out of colleges for being Christian, you know, if you had a good job and you didn't want to pledge your allegiance to the God of the nation, I don't know if you guys have been hearing this, it'll say, like, glory to Ukraine. Well, this glory to Ukraine became brainwashed where you don't need God, your country is your God. We'll, the government is your God. We'll take care of you. We'll provide for you as a government. And so when this started happening, this kind of a extreme nationalist kind of a religion, um, God opened up doors. Um, how it happened for us personally, it was literally just a letter shows up. Hey, you're, you're welcome to America because we know that you've been thrown out of college for your faith, you know. And so we're like, really? How is that possible? No one was, this was like kind of a new thing. And it started happening more and more. And so... Everyone that was walking upright before the Lord and wanted to leave the country could because there was a, a significant pressure on Christians in, in the community. And so when we got the letter, we answered the call, and here we were, you know, a few months later. Um, we came to Atlanta, and the people, good Christian people, good churches brought us in, took care of us, raised us here, you know, put up on us feet on our feet, and praise God. The reason I say that is because there was a season where there was men of God in situations and they were righteous before the Lord. And then God took them out of that situation in a bad place, from a bad place. And God's judgment came on the place. Several hundred thousand, I don't know the exact numbers, I didn't do my research, um, of people who walked with the Lord, who loved the Lord, they got taken out of Ukraine. The most caring, the most stand-up people that really, really stood for their faith, they were persecuted the most. They were the ones that were kind of actually pushed out. The government didn't want them. Like, look, you want to leave the country? Just get out of here. You're Christian? Get out of here, you know? So they gave us, like, 
open doors. And those who were kind of like somewhat, I don't know, maybe they weren't so free to leave or they weren't really pushed out. And so a lot of people who really loved the Lord, they left. So, you know, there's a season where in the scriptures where um, God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and, and Abraham's like, but what if there's 50? How many had to remain in Ukraine for God to spare Ukraine? When a certain amount finally left, when those who really bowed before the Lord left, and those who kind of sort of um, were, you know, it's fine, you know, this is fine, and they would allow things in, allow things in, okay, sure, I'll say a pledge, but I didn't really mean it, you know, they were left behind, and there were financial benefits to staying behind if you were, you know, kind of somewhat not standing to you for your faith. Well, there was a certain amount, and I personally think that if Abraham said, but what if there's one? Maybe the God would spare. But in 2 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read a few, cha- few verses. For God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. This is important. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. If all the preachers of righteousness leave, God's judgment opens up, bringing in the flood on the world and ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, taking them as an, making them as an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing the, 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 and hearing their lawless deeds. You know, I, I, was, I was in school and I remember being called names. Um, I was a little kid, like, dude, I'm like eight, nine years old, 10 years old. Like, why would you call eight-year-old kids, you know, with, I, I can't translate the words. It pretty much meant, it would be the same thing as a, a Nazi calling a Jewish, you know, person bad names. So it was like, kind of like an atheist is waging war on anybody who believes. It didn't matter what denomination. If there was a God in your life, you were called bad names. And so it, was, it happened so much, even as a little kid, I remember that. That was always like, outcasts you know they were always bullied and the majority would bully the christians and so lot gets pulled out and then the destruction comes and unfortunately um you know a lot of people have a lot of different views on the situation at hand um the word chaldean used in habakkuk um it's it means wild people or people um um, uneducated, undeveloped people. Well, if you guys know a lot about history, the Rush, Russian people are those people. They are um, they're the Chaldeans. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, when, when God told his people, go here and go do this and go do this and go do this, he said, and destroy them all. The reason he said destroy them all because those people will infiltrate you and they will affect your faith. And he wanted you to wipe them all out. And if there's any remaining, it's going to put a seed in your people. And so a lot of um, 
a lot of people don't really understand who the Slavic people in, generally are, in general are. They are those who should have been destroyed, actually. And, you know, Paul writes, I'm sent out to the Gentiles, and praise God that I'm here, that we're here, that we're the Gentiles, that the word has reached. But as a nation, Slavic people um, did not receive God as a wholesome. So a majority of Slavic people, as faith was spreading, there was a resistance, you know. And so in the Ukrainian area, in Moldova, Romania, there's a lot more Bible-believing, walking-by-faith believers than there are from the other end, which took on um, more of a um, Catholic approach where it was beneficial. It was more like a government thing where it was profitable to be a believer in that season where the Catholics took over in general. So but the point being that the darkness is pressing out the light because most of the really bright light left. And so that's, that's the position of the way I understand it, the way I see it from my history and my family. Now, regardless of what's happening, there are Christian people, brothers and sisters, who love the Lord. And um, they're there. They're suffering. They really are suffering. Um, they need our help. They need our prayers. And before I would go my heart in that, I would say there's a big thing, big lesson for all of us to learn from the, oh, this whole situation. One of the biggest, uh, in my opinion, one of the biggest igniters of the wrath of God on the nation of Ukraine is uh, not too long ago, um, 2013-14, Ukraine started getting infiltrated by the American government. And uh, we know the details. I don't really want to share it. I'm not into politics. The point being that American government came in and started forcefully um, paying the government of Ukraine a lot of money. And they said, we'll give you a lot of help. But here's what we want. And they brought in the doctrine of... Um, homosexuality or LBGT mindset, and they said, okay, we will help you. We will give you money for schools, but we want you to teach this program. And so 2013, 14, suddenly there was a big, just huge influx in the, in the teaching that, hey, you know, you're, you're not sure about your gender, you know, you're, and it was like to the, to the Russian, you know, Ukrainian culture, it was like, what? But it was, it was bought, people, it was corruption. So people paid a lot of money. So there's innocent people who are getting hurt because there's people up and getting paid off to to just put, put this garbage in the system. And so you know, a lot of our family, a lot of our relatives, they're just reaching out. They're like, this is this is back 13, 14. They're like, you're not gonna believe what's going on. There's just like this agenda being pushed, major, you know, a, a wave being pushed. So they they didn't just allow gay parades. They paid and they made gay parades. So the money came from the states. It's nothing against you know, us, you know, this is just information. So the reason I'm even saying all this is because God brought all these God-fearing, God-loving believers here to this country. And then right now what's going on is this country yeah. is sending trash there. What we should learn from that is that the consequences here are evident in the future if something doesn't change. Okay? So, he says, what if there's 50? What if there's 30? What if, how many are, have to be here, God-fearing? How many remnant must remain for God to continue to show His mercy and kindness to this country? And so, um, 
that's just certain information. I don't, I don't like politics. I don't like to get into details, but um, not everyone knows a lot of these things. It's not something that's it's talked on the news, you know, I just, I, I also want to encourage you not to listen to much of the news. It's very one-sided, very one-sided. If you can turn on Ukrainian or Russian news and listen to it without translation, because sometimes they'll see, honestly, American news. I can hear the guy in the background and they're translating it completely incorrect. And I was like, the last few times I was just like, I can't believe this. This is just horrible. It's not even, it's, a lot of it is not even close. It's just changed completely to wherever you guys need to hear here to be on the position, whatever the government wants to be in position. And so you're being brainwashed too. I'm talking about America, it's being brainwashed too at the same time because of the agenda that's being pushed. And I just want you to be careful, you know, do your research and be, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he leads you when you listen to certain things. Um, that being said, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of good people, a lot of good people there that love God, that fear God. And unfortunately, um, it's, a, it's a sacrifice because the leadership has stepped away from the Lord. The leadership has put the glory of Ukraine instead of the glory of God. And um, I pulled up a, a passage from Isaiah 42. And I want to read this verse. Um, okay, so Isaiah... The Lord is speaking through Isaiah, prophesying about Jesus. And he said that Jesus is going to be sent, and he's going to be sent to the Gentiles as a light to them. And then the whole chapter is about Jesus coming. And then he says that in, chap in verse 8, And I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will not be given to another, for my praise is not, nor my praise carved in images. So I don't know how much news you've seen or what you've seen, but... A lot, of, and I don't know if it gets to America, I don't really watch the news, but the position of the Ukrainian people right now is glory to Ukraine, God help us. Glory to Ukraine and God help us. So Ukraine is the carved image that they made. And they put God as a tool for their benefit. So we want Ukraine to be the God and we want to use God to help Ukraine become the God. So, and, and that's the real reality of it, what it is, you know, and even amongst the Christians, I've gotten emails sent, I've got videos sent where people that we know, missionaries even, that will say at the end of the video, glory to Ukraine, and not say, Jesus help us, God save us, you know, or you know what I mean? So the point is that they put the carved image of Ukraine, and so they need help, they need our prayers, they need our support. Um, there's good people who are on their knees crying. There's people that we know that have lost family, that have lost friends, that don't know where their family is because there's no communication. Phones are out, internet's out. You know, it's just, it's a chaos, it's a mess. There's looting, there's everything going on that you can imagine. There's even stuff like going, strange things like rape going on from people, just no law. You know, everyone's busy doing something. People are doing whatever evil they have in their hearts during this moment that can pour it out um, while no one's watching in a way. So. But there's innocent people, bottom line, and they're, and they're suffering and um, they need us. And I just want us to learn a lesson. God says he'll not share his glory. And if there's a remnant remaining, God's mercy remains. And unfortunately, I see that in America, you know, I almost, I almost see like a percentage thing. You know, God has a, a scale of mercy per amount of remnant that stand before him. And, you know, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a couple, you know. In the days of Noah, there was eight. 
you know, in, in Ukraine, there were several hundred thousand who loved him. You know, when they left, it just pretty much the country went downhill. It just fell apart. And then um, in America, this is the future. If we don't stand for our country, if we don't stand in the gap for our people, if we don't stand, uh, if we don't speak up, if we, don't, if we quiet our voice, if we don't um, bow before the Lord and say, Lord, have mercy, may there at least be 50. And so may we be part of the 50 and may we stand in the gap for those so that the Lord will change our hearts, change the people's hearts, that he will touch the government, that he will um, wake up the country. To be honest, I mean, uh, it is one of the most Christian countries in the world and it's just going downhill. Unfortunately, it's going downhill. And I see it everywhere. I grew up in Atlanta. Um, I lived 20 years in Florida. It's just going downhill. Um, I grew up in a very Bible Belt kind of environment where when I was, came to America, everyone was Christian. In my school, like when I came to America, I was like, oh, it's, it's cool to be Christian in America? Oh, sweet. You know, it was, like, it was like a breath of fresh air. By the time I got to high school, you know, eight, nine years later, it wasn't cool to be Christian anymore. And that was just a very short span of time. And then, you know, by the time my kids are in school now, they're like, they're afraid to say anything in school. My kids get in trouble all the time. Actually, here in Delta, my kids have gotten uh, letters sent home, phone calls that say, can you please advise your son not to speak about God? What? Here in Delta, can you please advise your son not to speak about God, uh, to keep his personal faith to himself? Because we are open to all uh, opinions and this and that. And um, I got in a phone call here in Delta warning my kids to be, I don't remember what they said, how they said it, pretty much he's going to be in trouble if he continues to talk to people about God. And I'm like, wow, I thought I moved to Alaska. It's going to be like a little bit better out here. But reality, that's what it is. And so, you know, we don't know what to do with that. So maybe we're going to be starting a Christian school. But the point being that America is going downhill, unfortunately. When, they, when it comes to the amount of remnant remaining that actually love the Lord, uh, it's, a sad, it's a sad vision in the future, you know. So may the Lord guide us and direct us. May we be on our knees before the Lord, you know, and um, staying strong in our faith and passing on to our, to our generation so that there's at least 50 remaining in proportion in the generation ahead and until um, the Lord comes. Um, that's, on my, that's what's on my heart to share. I don't know if maybe someone will have questions or wants to um, follow up with something, um, but that was on my heart, you know, as it was in the days of Lot, you know, Pastor Bill. So I, that was what I had on my heart to share. I don't know if you guys, um, what direction you want to lead this, but if you want to close in prayer or you want to continue, well, you got questions I can we, maybe uh, try to answer. We, uh, we appreciate you coming. Yeah. We're, um, the, the intention of God is a great family. And he's building the family and it's growing. And the, uh, the first verse that you read, go back to that because... Uh, we have a lot of folks in the room here who weren't here when, when God spoke very definitively uh, regarding um, stand your guard post and... Oh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Right. There in Habakkuk. Okay. Uh, Sister Diana had uh, the day before gotten up and that was our opening in the morning. And, um, uh, you know, where, where is it here? Is this in Russian or what? No, no. This is definitely your okay. language, Bill. This is your language, Bill. Well, the, the idea, to see what he will uh, say to me when I, when I am corrected 
and uh, in, the, in the King James it says reproved, same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And uh, so what, what happened the next morning, we had a lightning strike and it hit our electrical power. We oh. didn't have that much power here at, at the time, but we had enough. And we were out of power and we had some pregnant mothers, some nursing babies. And so we picked up the phone, uh, called uh, Juno, and said, we have an emergency here. Uh, all our power is gone. And, uh, uh, and they sent a guy down. How many days was it? Anybody remember? But I met him across the river, and he had a check for us for... 170000 uh, They gave us $170,000. It was, it was a, a grant for, for us to, to fix our electrical oh, wow. and bring in uh, the, the power that we needed. But uh, the central thing that comes out of here uh, tonight is you're our brother. Yes. <laughs> we yes. ache for the, for the people there. Uh, one of the things that uh, also America has done for uh, your country over there in, in the, the Ukraine. They, uh, they made it the central money-changing center of the world. That was how perverse America was in regard to what's going on over there. So you're absolutely right. There's a lot more going on. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to say because yeah, yeah, I know. I know. a lot of yeah, reasons. It, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't bring us anything. We know that uh, Satan is the god of this world. And the song that was written here, this world is not my home, I'm looking for. Well, we're not looking for, we know in the spirit there's a place that we can live right now. Yeah. And uh, uh, judgment, when, when Elihi, uh, Elihu came to uh, Job, he said, uh, let us choose judgment. Well, well, Job had lost his family, had lost everything. And I, I mean, inside, uh, he, he, he was quiet, or at least you don't get anything from it. But our God is constantly dealing with our nature to, to bring us to a level of maturity. Yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah. That's what's going on over there. Well, and then for, in that Peter passage I read, at the end of that passage, he says that then, God, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Yeah and reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So sure. God always provides and has a way for his people. He knows how to take yeah, out his people and, and lift and them up. And one of the things that, uh, and, you, and you have to be careful with this because we don't believe in ultimate reconciliation. But there's, there's a thousand years after the, the Lord returns. Mm -hmm. And so maturity, uh, he can wait for us to grow up. And I believe that, uh, that no man will be finally judged uh, unless he absolutely will not allow the Spirit of God mm -hmm. to change him, and, which would be there. But uh, until they see the glory of, of Christ, yeah. all they see is self. Yeah, and a corrupt mind. If we don't yeah. get rid of the self, we're in trouble. Any questions you'd like to ask about? I want to say thank you for first-hand yeah. knowledge about what's going on and for sharing honestly yes. with us. It's very yes. powerful yes. because we're hearing, we, like you say, we know we're not hearing the truth. Yeah, and, there's a lot. But, but our hearts ache for the people. Yeah. I know, 
I appreciate hearing what you've had to go through and pray for your kids. That's just yeah. pathetic, except that they're being... And you can, you, if, when you guys do get to, I was going to talk to the pastor about a, a school over there because I know that's his thought too. And the people, mm -hmm. is that right? Yes. So we've, we've had a school here for 40 years. So we have people be glad to sit down and share what we know. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, while you're staying, if you do have a question. Uh, feel free. The, uh, the, the major outcome, what I, what the, what the Lord will have, um, will, will be a, uh, uh, people who've come to the fullness of the stature, they'll have come to maturity. And we have that opportunity and we have every kind of, of help that's within us uh, to call on him. And so if we could uh, uh, have some of the heads of households, let's uh, not just write this off tonight. If we could have, uh, just open it up for uh, prayer in regard to our relationship with the, the Russians and it's very interesting. Maybe you could explain that to me, because now your your wife is Russian or and Belarusian. What? She's Belarusian. Okay. It's a different uh, country. Yeah. Okay. But we do. Don't we have some some folks from the Ukraine married to Russians? Oh yeah, lots. Yes, yeah, a lot of. And so that's part of the heart, and that may be the reason that there are thousands in Moscow and the very you know. Uh, around the country protesting because they're so against this war. And uh, he, he has put himself out there in a difficult place. Anyway, how did, how did the Russians and, uh, and the Ukrainians get together? They become Americans? Is that how it happens? So ironically, the, uh, the, ironically the, there's probably as much arguing and fighting and battling in the churches in America between Ukrainians and Russians as it isn't over there, in the churches. And like every post that I would post is always peace between, like always leading people to peace because Satan is winning because the churches are divided in America between Ukraine Yeah, they were fist fighting, I read something It's bad, it's, it's, and one of the problems is this spirit of um, nationalism where the glory to Ukraine, and um, it's built, infiltrated into the church so much that People will put flags all over there, and they don't want to talk to. You. If you're Russian, you're Ukrainian. They don't want to sit together anymore, and it's just the ugliest, nasty thing. And it's just a spirit. Yeah. It's a spirit that's just infiltrating the church. And so, um, and, and, and the weird part is that most Ukrainian people speak Russian too, but Russians don't speak Ukrainian because when Ukraine split up, they went to okay, we're, you know, we're going to be our Ukraine again. You know, sure, so they sure. were very nationalistic about it, but. When it was USSR, everyone had to learn Russian. So they all learned Russian. And so now it's kind of like people that are raised in Ukraine, all their life spoke Ukraine, I mean Russian in normal language. When it, all this tension happens, and all of a sudden they're Ukrainian, they don't only speak Ukrainian. If you want to speak Russian, they won't talk to you. <laughs> so you speak Ukrainian to them, you know? It's really sad. <laughs> well, I, I, I trust that we will uh, uh, close in a little bit. Uh, John, you know some folks in town.
that will close in on this uh, nonsense about what they're doing in school. Uh, let's send those guys to someplace else. Yeah. But let, let's just, let, if, if we could, uh, around the house, uh, just have prayer for the circumstances there, for anything that, that is on our hearts before we close. We'll make it quick, but... Lord, we thank you for uh, bringing Eugene our way tonight. Yes. Yes. We pray for your mercy to continue to rest upon him and his family and his family in Ukraine, Lord. We pray for your hand to guide his immediate family here in Delta, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you are uh, gathering all things together in Christ. And we thank you for our brothers in the other churches and the, the, the ones right. that you've chosen and called out. Lord, we ask that you continue to knit our hearts uh, by your spirit, Lord. Father, we ask that in the midst of the darkness that's prevailing, um, that you would bring forth your light, Lord, yes. that you would call forth your people. Yes. Thank Father, you, Lord. That they would uh, serve you with their whole heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We feel privileged, Lord, that we know the end of the story. We confess Amen. That we don't know how we're getting there, Lord. Yes. We thank you that you know the way and you know the circumstances. You know what you're doing, Lord. Yes, Lord. We commit all these people in our, our own hearts to the work of your hands, God. Yes. We wouldn't uh, pretend to know the way. We, we, would, we would submit ourselves and be led by you, Lord. Amen. Father, we ask that you would break our nationalistic pride, yes. Lord, that would keep us from accepting those who are of, of other nations, kindreds, and tongues. As you gather together your church, Lord, your yes, body, amen. gather yes. from all the, yes. the corners of the earth. <coughs> yes. Thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to bring conviction to our hearts that this will become a house of prayer. Yes. That every individual in this place yes. will be a house of prayer. That yes. we would be faithful, Lord God, to cry out to you for your yes. hand of mercy to be extended towards your sons and that your manifest light would bring an end to this dark age. Amen. Yes. Thank you for the time that you did open doors for those that were there to come out. Yes. We ask that you would do that again for those that are yes, Lord. Yes. 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 Lord. For that way in the yes, wilderness, Lord, that they would be able also to come out. Yes. 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 Father, we thank you for your keeping power. We call right. upon you right now to keep by your power those who are called by your name, yes, there yes, and Lord. here, Lord. Yes. Father, that we yield ourselves to you, <coughs> that your keeping power would be evident, yes. and that yes. the miracles that you're doing even now, Lord, would be seen by those whose eyes are looking to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you gather us, Lord. We thank you that you're bringing your people together. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God of light, Lord, and that, yeah, yeah. that your word is sure, Lord, and that your your plan and your purpose is sure, and we can we can trust and hope in that. Yes. yes. Amen. Lord, we ask that the spirit of division would be broken between Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are blessed to have your judgment, Lord, your correction uh, in yes. our lives, Lord, that... Uh, we appreciate that, Lord, that you are in the business of revealing what's in our heart, Lord. I ask that we would yes. have hearts that are soft to answer you properly in those regards. Uh, Lord, for the reality that every uh, son that you love, mm -hmm. you chasten, and the son that you receive, you scourge. So uh, let us not shrink back, and let us not uh, be uh, uh, deep, you know, that our energy would go 
if, looking for normalcy. Yeah. This isn't our place. We've been translated into the kingdom. Give us the capacity, great one, uh, to see and, uh, and experience and hear your, your direction for us. We would cry together for a wisdom to how we walk in these hours for your great name's sake. Amen.